Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. Here at Save the Mermaids podcast, we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support. And one that we absolutely love is Nudiewear. I met the owners, Christy and Ryan, at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. They're a local, sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife-inspired patterns such as the Mandarin fish, Nudibranx, and whale sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles, and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and use the code SAVETHEMERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. And if you're on the island of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there! And now for our happy ocean news. I have something super special that I found on Instagram, just randomly on Instagram. Not at only one? No. Hey! I know. We're We're twelve times. So it's like, girl, it's doing her research. (laughs) Um, But so one of the largest shipping companies in Europe will change routes and slow vessel speeds to protect endangered sperm whales. I love that. Yes. So this is a major Danish shipping company. So shout out to DFDS Global. Uh, They're going to start altering their routes and slowing their speeds to reduce the risk of collision with endangered sperm whales in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. I am really, really happy to hear that. And you want to know what's even cooler? Yes. It's effective immediately. And I feel like companies don't usually create immediate change. So I thought that that was really neat, too, that they're just like, okay, this is a problem. We're fixing it at this moment. Yay! So sperm whales. That's awesome. I love that. I love it when people do things for the sperm whales. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so today is our last episode for Freshwater June. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough month because we hate Ooh. freshwater animals so much. But I feel like reflecting, I now really love the sturgeon fish mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I hate catfish less. Mm-hmm. I still don't love lampreys. Yeah, the lampreys didn't really change much for me, but now I do know their importance. Yes. Yes. And that's like part of it. So I won't like try to kill one when I see it. I don't know if I can say the same. <laughs> I feel like I'd still think it was a leech and be like, yeah, like burn it. <laughs> so today we have a very special guest. We actually have my husband on and he's going to talk about something that's not near and dear to his heart, but near and dear to his heart. <laughs> homeland (laughs) so chris welcome thank you thank you (laughs) so tell us like a little bit like you're from wisconsin yeah so far up north wisconsin almost on the border of the upper peninsula of michigan a little town called conover closer to a bigger tourist town called eagle river so lots of lakes lots of woods mostly cold nice all fresh water <laughs> yeah so you just like us grew up in horrific lakes yeah but you also like i feel like you were more lake focused like you were fishing and you grew up very very much on a lake yeah um we grew up um just 
10 miles away from uh, my family's cabin, which is right on a lake, Lake Buckatobin. And it was a bigger lake. You've seen it. Um, pretty clean, relatively speaking, to freshwater. Very weedy these days. It wasn't like that way back in the day. Um, but, but relatively speaking, clean-ish. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we lake clean. <laughs> very much grew up like fishing all the time. I mean, my you again, you know, my father, that is all he likes to talk about, although what how he prides himself on is fishing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we spent a lot of time out of the lake and not a lot of time fishing for muskies, but a lot of time out of the lake. Okay, so that is what we're talking about today. You're going to be presenting muskies to the world. And I just feel in my heart that I am still going to not love them when we're out of this, but, <laughs> uh, we'll try. Have you ever caught one or did your dad ever? Yeah. So I, so one of my earlier childhood memories of fishing, I remember my dad had this old janky boat, uh, way back when, and I remember being out on there, I think we we're in between the islands on Buckatobin Lake and, uh, I don't remember what we were fishing for, but we, we never fish for muskies because it's like a very specific kind of fishing, generally speaking, like a lot of casting, a lot of big baits and stuff because they're huge. Um, but he accidentally hooked into one. I was, I don't know, maybe five or six. And of course, it was like the size of the boat. It looked like this giant shark coming out of the water. It freaked me out. Like, I don't think I jumped in that lake for probably the rest of that summer. And then... I didn't get another one until I was like 16, 17, but I relatively speaking, I caught a small one, kind of like the, the Northern Captain Hook uh, that we caught that what last time we were home. Blake's looking at pictures oh, yeah. currently and I can just There's see like, her like, their <laughs> mouths are terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So if you look like, so this one's like an info, the general kind of pike info, infographic. Okay. So muskies are a species of pike fish there's like seven species of like that kind of pike there's like these weird mud minnow things that technically fall into the same family um but they're the biggest ones overall uh the ones we have are they they call them clear uh but they're just like they're they're not so they don't have as many distinguishing marks they're kind of just like a flat silver uh similar to that one on the top that's what wisconsin gets a lot of okay. oh so no spots or anything. yeah so with that it's kind of more that just big flat silver bit and they always kind of have rusty fins overall on the sides um on the bottom here is like the second biggest one that's what we caught back home is uh northerns it's kind of like a reverse color scheme so when you think of a muskie you think of a light back with dark spots or dark stripes like these. It's almost like a tiger shark looking. I was yeah. going to say their their markings are really beautiful. We'll add this infographic uh, to the podcast when it comes out, just so that you guys can have a look at it as well. Because th their sides are pretty, just their mouths, their faces <laughs> aren't. Yeah, they're horrifying. <laughs> it's like something with a duck bill you wouldn't think would be that horrifying yeah. down the down the chute. Yeah. But um yeah, muskies are, they are very, they're a big sport fish um, on the lake that I grew up on. Again, Buckatobin, it used to have a lot more um, fish diversity. Um, there was a lot of crappies, bass, uh, panfish, walleye, all sorts of like good freshwater fish. Not a ton of muskies when I was younger, um, but because we're a very tourist driven area up there, they introduced more and more muskies and made it more of a popular thing because that's what people come up there to sport fish. Mm. And you see them out there all day from sun up to sundown. They call them the fish of 10,000 casts or something like that um, because it's, they're just throwing these giant, uh, the most popular one by us is called a bucktail. It's just a giant treble hook with some fur on the bottom and then a big silver spoon 
and they just throw them cast and like go close to shore. Uh, they kind of, they don't really have a specific area in a lake that they really frequent. Um, they're like, they like weeds, they like rock bars, they like cover their, they kind of go all over. So you just see these guys go work in the shoreline from sunup to sundown just to catch one big muskie. Wow. So that's terrifying. It's like all the dark places in an already dark lake. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going back to what you said about how there used to be a lot of fish diversity in those lakes up there until the muskies came in, is that because they're such predators and they wiped everything out? Yeah, they are wherever a muskie is that is the apex predator of that lake or river. Oh. Mostly mostly lakes, some some rivers, but um they just they're just the big I mean they turn they're huge. So um well, let me check my infographic again real quick, my my super sweet notes. All right, so um by us, generally speaking, or I say by us, but up in northern Wisconsin, by most standards, like a good sized muskie is 50 plus inches long. So it's like, that's like a, that's like a trophy size. Like I'm going to hang that on my wall kind of muskie. It's like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm 75 inches tall. So at six foot three. So that's a, that's a big fish. Um, the largest re- recorded one overall um, was caught in Hayward, Wisconsin in 1949. Uh, it was 67 pounds. It was 64 and a quarter inches long. And at its thickest, it was 34 inches, which is about the same size as my waist, like right at my hips. So it's not a chunky fish though. It's pretty lean and long. Yeah. They're like, they look like big torpedoes mostly. So okay. they can get big chunky guts every now and then. Like that's by far the biggest one I've yeah. ever heard of, but I mean, they get, they generally speaking, keep that slender torpedo because that's their ambush predators like that. So they, it's like, they're, yeah, they're very much like fresh, like freshwater barracuda. Like an over five foot long torpedo. Yeah. Full of, full of teeth. Oh, absolutely full of teeth. Why don't you tell us about their teeth? <laughs> so I wanted to show this picture too, because this one best shows how horrible their mouths are. So this is just like a picture of an old jaw, right? So you see, you see, yeah. So, so, all right. So, um, general, so the bigger the fish up to 700 teeth, give or take 700, 700. So, okay. cause the top, there's the two plates mm. on top and then the tongue is lined with teeth, like, um, how boa constrictors have where they're all pointed back. So nothing can come back out. Okay. So once they can't get a hold of something. It just sticks in there. You're done. So all their teeth are pointed backwards. I can see from yeah. that skull. And you see like the the one line of big giant ones up in the front, like the, the actual yeah yes. canine. They're, so they like generally speaking, like about an inch or so. So that's you know a pretty decent sized tooth coming it's at like you. Bigger than the tiger teeth that are at work. Uh huh. And like skinnier and way scarier. Way scarier. The tongue. Imagine a shark. Ooh. Like, at least sharks have normal mouths. This is, like, a from a alien movie. Yeah, I'm, like, really upset that I've swam in these lakes. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're, all, they're all over the place, because I think the first time I brought Chelsea back home, uh, it was, there was one, so we have a nice little dock, and it doesn't even get that deep, maybe six feet, and there was one sitting, they just, it was just sitting on the bottom right next to the pier, right where we jump off and swim and stuff, and it's where crazy. Where we used so. to jump off and <laughs> swim. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say there's never, uh, or not never, but I have never personally been attacked by a muskie. Um, there are there have been uh, stories of people that do, but it's the, again, it's the same thing as like with barracudas, where it's like 
they are because they are that kind of fish where they're ambush predators and it's very tiny little brain sight fishers like if you get in there and you start waggling fingers around and stuff and one's like an, it takes a shot at it but it's not like trying to eat a person so they're not that stupid they're just taking a shot at something so they like shiny things or like our fingers wiggling very much like that okay uh most of the mo- a lot of the uh baits they use are top water baits so it's something that like draws the attention up um you know lots of silver flashers usually brighter colors a little bit more disturbance something that makes it look there's even um i have personally seen uh i'm assuming well, I, I, I would assume it was a musky it could have been a big northern eat a baby duck before <laughs> so and then later on in life i found there was they actually make baby duck fishing lures for muskies yeah little yellow baby duck it just sw- waddles like a baby duck swimming in the water <laughs> and to catch those little monsters okay those giant monsters wow so <laughs> <laughs> I hate that a lot. Why should we love them? <laughs> well, I'm so they still they're they are very consistently good for good for an ecology still. Like even if they take away a little bit of the biodiversity, they are not detrimental to like a lake's health. Um they like good, clean, cool water overall. Um they don't like I said, they don't actually attack people except by accident um they're just one of those apex predators that keeps a good ecology going because there's a lot of like gross little fish that can grow up like uh bullheads if you get too much any any one thing all the time it can destroy an ecosystem but like even my even our lake has found that good symbiosis with it even though it's like a, a greater number of that and a little bit less of the other stuff that used to be there so so again very similar to sharks mm-hmm. it was like super super uh, sometimes but yeah very sketch very very important to the ecosystem yeah they're and again like it brings the amount of, of again with a touristy area for us it's just greatly increased the summer productivity of tourists because we have we have a ton of lakes big chains of lakes all over the place um just summer fun is kind of a big one where the snowmobile capital of the world back in Eagle River self-proclaimed. I don't know how much, how much, <laughs> how much buy-in that act or how much clout that actually holds. But um, throughout the summer, bringing in tourist dollars for people just looking for that. That's all they do is go out on the lake and fish and then come off and, you know, help the economy overall. They have brought in and bettered that area substantially. So from when I was a kid, it's grown a ton since I was, you know, five six years old so so can you eat musky or is it strictly a trophy fish you can i have never met anybody that does um like i we we've had we we ate northerns growing up a lot because uh especially ice fishing we used to catch a lot of northerns and they're bony and pretty fishy so it wasn't like the preferred fish of any anybody but muskies being a bigger more apex predatory one um i've never met anybody that eats it but coming from northern wisconsin there's always someone that eats everything so (laughs) you physically can um when i was doing a little bit of research there was depending on their diet um they can be technically poisonous um if they eat enough of whatever some of the same thing with like the mercury or uh yeah it's it was it's something um like the bacteria growth, the ones like the mm-hmm. peacock groupers here in Hawaii. Okay. Um, oh. 
something similar to that, where the, their diet is consistently of something that eats a specific kind of algae or a specific kind of plant, then that can be detrimental. But you, so you physically can, but again, I just never have. Hmm. It's always about the trophies because every bar, every home, every, except for mine, I guess, but <laughs> every, most places of business in small town, rural, northern Wisconsin has a muskie on the wall. Huh. Hayward being the biggest. If I'm not mistaken, Hayward's the one that has the giant, it's a giant statue of a muskie where you can walk up through it and like get in its mouth and look out like super cheesy, <laughs> but like tourist attraction, but people love it. So is it anatomically correct teeth wise? No, it's, I mean, it's got the big giant row at the front, like the big sizable teeth like that, but I don't think that the inside is laced with a, <laughs> you know, a million razor blades. Walk across <laughs> a, a tooth tongue on your way in. No, I don't believe so. I'd, I'd have to fa fact check, but I don't believe so. <laughs> so I guess, um, do they have an IUCN rating of, are they, I mean, they're pretty abundant where you are, but in general. Yeah. You... Uh, least concern category kind of fish. Um, again, nothing inherently hunts them. Um, they just, they are the biggest thing in every lake I've been to. Um, and even, I mean, the only thing that's even close up in that area would be a sturgeon, which is a hundred percent, not a concern to something like that. But, um, I've seen them in shallower areas. I don't know. We only have black bears back home. So I don't know if anything in the area, uh, outside of the water, like as a predator towards it. But I, again, like, they have massive numbers. I've never seen a muskie pulled out and stripped down on the side. So I would assume that they're just running the show around by us. Yeah. And that is pretty cool that it shows like whenever a town or a community takes care of an animal because it's bringing in money, it's it's better for the animal in terms of like, hey, there's more muskies. They're paying attention to the breeding. They're making sure that they're in the lake so that people can actually come and find them so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i have like i said i have regrettedly swam in that lake before and i did there it is full of turtles and there are frogs up there so it's very obviously a healthy ecosystem mm. um even with a introduced predator so it, it was it was there i believe they've all been or in a, in that specific lake i'm not sure exactly where the lineage comes from 100 percent, but a lot of places introduced so on that one um, spot, there's actually what they, uh, it's called a tiger muskie, right? So that's a hybrid of a northern and a muskie. Um, those ones were made, were, um, are bred more so for like the sport fishing aspect or a lot of it because they um, grow faster, but their growth cap is just smaller. So, and they look really cool, but those are the ones that are actually more introduced more than like the clear or the spotted or the um, striped muskies. So like the, those other ones that are more um, specific to air, geographic areas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I couldn't tell you exactly where the first one in Bucatabin came from. I'm I, I would almost be assured that it would be brought in at some point. But yeah, they they just kind of every the business around there in the area just kind of shifted into that um or angled more towards musky fishing rather than a lot more diversity like it used to be because i remember we when i was growing up it was a lot of walleyes a lot of a lot more smaller fish and then it's just slowly dropped down since then hmm. okay um where so speaking of i guess their lineage do you know like the origin of why they're called muskies so um 
again, up in northern up in northern Wisconsin, there's a lot of uh, Native American influence, a lot of Native American lineage uh, in that area. Uh, the Ojibwa tribe was the first one kind of coined with it. I didn't even bother writing down the exact name of it because I would have absolutely butchered it. It was it was very <laughs> long word that started with an M and ended with an A, I think. But we, uh, we literally do that every week. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't I wasn't gonna come on and be that guy just like <laughs> sounding out a long name. But um the actual name was uh or the 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 couple of different words that they used for them was uh equated out to great fish or big ugly or bad pike <laughs> so an ugly pike yeah, yeah that's accurate so, so they, they kind of nailed it on the head um it shifted a little bit with um french canadian coming in and adding a little bit of flair to it and then it just kind of the english version just kind of settled on muscalunge and then uh i like me i call them musky i i know it's weird but musky with a y on the end very specifically that's how like i spell it uh, a lot of people spell it uh musky with an ie and then some people just call them lunges i've never heard that but that's like i think that's more specified towards their attack style and the way they predate so <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But yeah, that was the only other thing, like people just call them like the fish of 10,000 casts. There's not like a lot of other nicknames that I could find on them. Like, again, we just grew up calling them muskies all the time. So big, ugly pike. Big, yep. ugly pike. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else? Um. Oh, yeah. So the uh, I saw that there was a there was a couple of things for their growth rate that was really cool. Like they really they cap out right around that. 50 to 60 inch range but like from every year that they're born they just kind of keep on this nice arc of growing bigger i'm I'm assuming it's kind of the same way for most fish across the board where they keep that nice arc going like that um but yeah they just all the way up until there was like one random freak occurrence of like this redonkulously big female pike or musky being caught that like jumped out off of the side of the scale a little bit but they consistently keep growing all the way up until you know 10 they sometimes they get up to like 20 some years old wow also like they start like 10 or like the first measurements are right around 10 inches and like a couple like a year or two old and then they just slowly grow up then get to these giants so like something like that there was another one another picture i had um that so was, that's not like our catfish that grow to a certain size and then they're done kind yeah. of thing yeah so like that yeah that that's one that was um that would be like a 20 plus year old fish so that's a it's, he's holding up a photo again we'll put all this on instagram but a very chunky musky that two full-grown muscly men are struggling to hold that's like the size of my vw bug yeah like <laughs> the length of it i feel like that's a pretty accurate yeah way to measure that Ooh, it's too big that's yeah. like the Mekong catfish. Yeah, it's just their freaking mouths. Like that's what's so creepy because it is like a super toothy duck mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they keep they look they keep that bill closed so mm -hmm. much so you wouldn't think they could, but then when it opens up, it's just that giant ginormous 
suction vacuum. Do you know how big the mouth gets? No, I did not look up how big the mouth gets. That's fine. We're like, nightmares anyway. Definitely, definitely big enough to put a hand into. Mm. I mean, I, I cut my fingers a lot uh, when I was younger messing around with, because Northerns have relatively speaking the same build and like taking hooks out and like getting your finger up in there. If you just act, like get them by the underneath the gill and then you accidentally nick those teeth, they're all razor sharp as can be. So like they're luckily they don't, they don't have a lot of bite force overall. It was something like 44 Newtons or something like that, which is not a weird way to put this is not enough to sever a finger. Okay. So, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. Stuck your hand and it would have just bite your finger off. Yeah. It would, it would slice you up real good, but it would not like, cle- it couldn't cleave through a bone. Right. So okay. it's, you know, that there's that comfort. There's yeah. that. Don't wear your shiny bikinis in Minnesota. Wisconsin yeah or yeah I would say they they, (laughs) yeah they really stay like they're they go down they have they've had populations uh or they have populations in parts of Georgia and South Carolina but most of it stays kind of up north so because they like cold water yeah they're kind of like in a they they, their sweet spot is like 33 degrees to like 78 degrees Mm. but they can survive up to like 90 degree water strictly fresh water fresh water yeah okay that's good yeah um yeah and then another weird fact is their stomach is two-thirds the size of their the length of their body oh no so that's why they're like they're just like they, they can eat about anything so like a 50 inch muskie could eat like a 30 inch other fish which is whole yeah yeah stomach yeah and they just they'll hit it hit it and swallow it down whole so if you find like again with northerns you find whole fish in there like shark, how some sharks will go if they just fucking, or excuse me, if they just nail one down. You can swear. It's yeah. Oh, good. I the explicit button. Yeah. Oh, good. Sorry, I tried to tone it back when it's being recorded. <laughs> oh, that's uh, disturbing. That's a big stomach. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't, I did not come out of this one liking them more. Yeah, I mean, but. They're pretty though. Yeah, the, the markings are always very cool. Yeah. Uh, I la- personally, I like the tiger whenever you see a tiger muskie just because they are it's very very distinguishable like i get i see pictures of kids people i grew up with back home catching muskies all the time um and they're just more like that flat silver but when you see like an actual tiger muskie it's very vibrant beautiful colors like yeah. that so they're really cool just its torso is pretty the head is you yeah. can do without yeah. and i like i can attest i grew up i spent the first 21 years and then periodically thereafter swimming in that lake near constantly except when there's like ice on it um and i've never been bit so i've never i've been scared in the way that <laughs> in the way that like i'm scared everywhere else underwater when something surprises me be it a monk seal a turtle a musky <laughs> a piece of seaweed <laughs> say the same way that way but i've never i've never been in like in any kind of a close call with a musky before so and you were in that lake as like a child so small enough for it to have swallowed you whole yeah yeah yeah. and no nothing ever happened to me so there was again there was there's little stories here and there about uh them grabbing small dogs or muskrats or smaller mammals but like most most stories like everything else are kind of over exaggerated so yeah well they are predators to be fair so if it was like a tiny little dog maybe like but, a little chihuahua oh no Butler. Uh, like hole in his giant stomach too <laughs> what a way to go that's depressing yeah what is that what else he got I, it's about, I don't know, there's no like uplifting like they don't they don't do charity work 
<laughs> there's not they're not of great religious significance that I know of. <laughs> they're they're just cool. Like they're fun. If you ca- if you see people catch them, like the amount of joy somebody gets out of catching one of those finally, like a good one, is outstanding. So one of these days, I'm sure I will find out because it's just a matter of time. But the only one I ever caught was on accident and like a small one by all standards. So do they put up a fight? Oh yeah, they fight like the dick. Like the same way the the same heavy line and the same kind of heavy reel and rod setup that they use for fishing like big ocean fish here is very very similar to there um thick braided line is necessary because their teeth are crazy razor sharp they got to use either a metal or a like really um high test fluorocarbon leader so that way the, all those rows of teeth don't just cut it because if it just hits braid uh like a synthetic braided line or a thin uh monofilament line it'll slice it right off immediately those are some sharp ass teeth yeah yeah it's a knife. <laughs> like, what'd you say? 700? Yeah. I, yeah. Say between, depending on the size, about five to 700 teeth per fish. There used to be, there was like old wives tales where they would, they, they said that muskies or pikes in general lost all their teeth all at once, once a year, like a, <laughs> like a deer shed. That's not true. Oh. That's, that's, that is factually inaccurate. They, they'll lose teeth uh, as they get older from like, just like getting ripped out from fighting they they have like they do uh fight for like net um spawning territory sometimes like that's stuff like that but as long as it's a good healthy fish and not too old it'll still grow like that tooth back yeah but not doesn't have like it's not like a shark where they're just like on a rolodex waiting to come up and just falling all out (laughs) once a year that'd be horrific Uh like couldn't walk in a lake without stepping on thousands of tiny little sharp teeth uh, yeah i'm so yeah. glad this month is over yeah yay it's over <laughs> yeah me too i'm sure scarier stuff is on its way but yeah i'm glad we got lakes out muskies of the way. yep any kind of pike they're kind of they're sketchy i learned something today i did too and like reflecting i feel like of the four animals we did this month if i saw like i know it at the beginning i said if i saw a lamprey i would try to kill it but I know what it is and I understand what it is, but I feel like a muskie would still scare me. Like, but you know, it's not going to like, it might bite your finger if you're wiggling them. Yeah. But if it comes at you and you see those teeth. A little tickle, tickle. Just your hand <laughs> flat and wide. Just like. Just redirect it. Redirect like, it. Stop, <laughs> stop muskie. I can't say, all right. I do have something that I do remember from being younger that I was kind of, I guess a little bit more sweet. Uh, it was, so I was. When I was walking, um, going down to meet my family at a local restaurant that some friends own, shout out to Mapleview Resort, even though I'm sure none of the Ozikis will ever hear this, <laughs> but but um, there was a there was a culvert that went underneath the road, and it's like a little river that ran through there from lake to lake. I remember when I was I was probably like 12 or 13 or something like that. It was right during their spawning season and two muskies were swimming up this little stream, like just side by side, looking for a place to spawn. And I was like, even back then, I was like, it's kind of sweet. Like, they're like horrible monsters just found each other and looking looking for love and to procreate up in, the, up in a lake. It's like, good for you. Monsters need love too. Yeah. yeah, that is sweet. I like that. Thank yeah. you for telling that story. So there, there's the little, the little sweetness to go on top of horrible monster team though. <laughs> cherry on top of the scary muskies.
Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.